Welcome back to the History of Rock. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ. His name is Shim. He's the rock star. Classes in session. And I don't think I said that the last time around. So I got to make no, sure. No, I think we the, skipped it. The Sorry, classes in session. The whole thing's a work in progress. Now, uh, we do have merchandise coming. I ordered merchandise here. We're recording this on Monday, May 9th, which is actually in part one of this episode dropped. You'll notice I think I'm wearing the same shirt that I did in the last episode. And nobody noticed I also was not wearing a flannel. And there's I, know, a reason I noticed I just didn't want to say anything. There's a reason for because that. I. Okay, what is it? It's becoming too goddamn hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to crank up my AC just to keep a shtick with wearing a flannel. Well, and, and if it you is. think about it, we're talking about Green River, which is, I mean, if you look, go back and watch Taylor Hawkins, I wasn't wearing a flannel for the indication to Taylor Hawkins, <clears> and I am not wearing a flannel for Green River because it's technically before grunge. Yeah. But yeah, in all th- reality, that was it's what just I too- thought. Here's the thing: I thought that it was calculated, and I was like, "Cool, we've gone, we've moved past this thing." Or you've run out of flannel, and it's laundry day. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's the third didn't reason, o- right there. Didn't occur to me that it was just too damn hot. Yeah, it's just. But it anyway, heats, it heats up back here. So we're here talking about Green River. But you said you had something to bring up at the beginning. Yeah, of this episode. yeah. What do you I, I, I I pointed out in the last episode that I hadn't gotten around to listening to this record yet because Brandon. Let me know that we're doing Green River the day before. And I was like, cool. And then I listened to it. So I'm going to go on record. I fucking hate this record. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one I specifically? Listen there's, to it. there's two EPs no, I, and then there's one full length album. It dry as a bone. That's what I listened to. And I listened to a couple of other things and I was like, it's more of the same. And don't get me wrong. Here's the thing. Alice in Chains, same concept, right? The problem... <laughs> And this is why it's good to have a real voice and and embrace conflict and the concept of it. But Alice in Chains, I don't choose to listen to because I don't like the feeling that they bring, but but they bring the feeling. All Green River did was fucking annoy me. It just sounded like noise. And here's the thing. I broke it down. I really did. I thought about it yesterday and the day before. I was like, why don't I like this? Am I just... Is it because it's new? Is it because I'm used to modern day production and this sounds like someone just turned up a snare drum and then a room mic for the rest of the band? The snare drum is so fucking loud on these recordings. It's like a demo. I used to track my snare drum that loud when I was 17. I remember my first beer. I remember the mistakes that I made at the beginning. So I get it, but I don't get why this is a seminal album band or something like that. And, and here's the thing. I don't even hear the influences. What I hear is, some guy, and don't get me wrong, the guys are probably lovely guys. But what I hear is a band that listened to the Sex Pistols and didn't practice enough. That's what I, that's what I hear. Well, because I went back and listened Green to River. the Sex Pistols. I listened to the Sex Pistols right afterwards because I thought the closest I can find is Sex Pistols with a couple of riffs that sound like they led into Pearl Jam which is exactly kind of part of what happened because the riffs are kind of Pearl Jammy, little moments. But there's no fucking choruses. There's no choruses with catchy melodies or anything. And I remember there's actually a song that has Queen, there's a, there's a song like track five or track three on uh, Dry As A Bone that has Queen something in it. And the reason that it made me think of the Sex Pistols is because the first album, the first track or at least the, the first track on spotify i forget what the first track on the record is from Nevermind the bollocks by the sex pistols is god, god save, save the queen. queen yeah and it was and i was like oh yeah and i went and listened to god save the queen and i went that's what i'm hearing i'm hearing diet fucking cola it's sex pistols light. sex pistols sex pistols light and i didn't and i just thought it was funny that we're already 
If I had known, I might have called you and been like, hey, man, you got any other options? <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, like when we talk about this, you know, Shim's opinions aside, it's the fact that like Green River really led on to be like quintessential to the grunge movement in the sense that it was the guys who went on to form Mutt Honey and then the guys who went on to form Mother Love Bone and then eventually Pearl Jam and sort of the different band formations that, that occurred post Green River. So hmm. we're going to get to the, uh, all this stuff coming up here. We still have to get to the, the Jane's Addiction connection, which... Okay, so let's get into it. Well, I, so I, <laughs> really quick, I, I had thought of this, is that we were going to wrap up Green River, and then we would move to Mud Honey, and we would treat Mud Honey similar to Green River in the sense that we wouldn't be doing a specific album of Mud Honey. We would be just yeah. covering sort of Mud Honey in general, or at least early 90s, mid-90s Mud Honey, late 80s, actually, if you think about it. Um, and then... From there, move on to Jane's Addiction because it's it's it it keeps coming up. We got to cover Jane's Addiction at some point. We got to cover that that album, um, which I never know if I pronounce it correctly. Um, no one cares. But the 1989 Jane's Addiction album. But there's a connection there, and then we also have Who Framed Roger Rabbit stuff coming up at the end of this episode. Yeah. <clears throat> and Shim and I both think of the you know shaving a haircut. Yeah, it means something completely different. In I, did we I, not cover that in the last we episode, it. or you found no, out? We teased you found it. out something else. Oh, teased oh no, no. It. that was what it was. We teased it because it's either <laughs> it it's it either means something completely different in like Mexican culture or just to my wife um, because she <laughs> says it means something completely different. But we're gonna dive right back into this thing where we're talking about Green River. Essentially, the whole out uh, the whole band. You know, which existed from about 1984 to 1988 before they broke up. And they had a couple of the guys go for Mud Honey. And then the other guys went for Mother Love Bone and then eventually into Pearl Jam. And we went through kind of the first EP. And now we're really getting into the second EP, which is where we first get the first documented case, I think, of somebody using the word grunge. But that's this the is second. Okay. Shim gets to take So, So we're going back to injury. Can you hear? That's not coming through right now, is it? No, do you have another truck no. or something? Or is it the wood chipper? There's, there's, there's a dude literally chopping chopping wood right outside the window. Shim's it's new just, move just is just causing all kinds of chaos for the history of yeah. rock. Uh, in June of 1986, the band started recording on their second EP, Dry as a Bone, which was the one that I was just referring to. So let's spend a lot of time on that one. With local producer Dak and D Jack, J -J 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 Jack and Dino, who's a lovely guy. Probably. I sent there. He just recently did an interview that uh, got posted up on YouTube, and I even made a note in here that we need to try to connect with him and yeah. see if we can't get him on because he was, I mean, the guy for the grunge acts back then. Like That'd he was dope. truly, you know, the 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 big influence, the big producer when it came to a lot of these uh, grunge movements. By the way, do you have the equipment set up? Do you have your guitar? Is any of that oh. stuff set? Yeah, I can go and get that organized while you're reading this next thing. All right. Well, the next one here is, so they chose to record Dry as a Bone for Sub Pop, which that's the record label that you uh, hear quite frequently. If you go back to the last episode, there was an interesting fact about how, uh, I think the t-shirt said something to the effect of, um, what? how else do we need to say it? We don't have any money, <laughs> was uh, <laughs> t-shirts that Sub Pop had, had done. Um, but again, Sub Pop talking about money couldn't afford to release the ep until the following year so just like come on down the previous ep eh, the record got delayed yeah. jim is uh tuning up the guitar right now i'm do you ready do a, i'm ready i'm full do a song no, about I'm... sub pop not having any money we're broke we're broke and everyone knows it because this music isn't good yet we can show it up until pearl jam and never mind 
Everybody been, everybody been, everybody would have been happy to let crunch fall behind railer music. Not my matter of practice. Look, you needed louder snare. That's what you needed. Yeah. Dude, you need a louder snare. Loud snare. Yeah. The CLA, Chris Lord Algy was the person that mastered the loud snare in a mix, and everyone's been trying to catch up ever since. The band was able to release the single Together Will Never. That's a good title. On a local label, ta- is it Task Force or Tasque? I think it's Task Force, Force Records. Task. Dry as a Bone was finally released in July of 1987, a full year after it was recorded. They had a year to fix it. And it was Sub Pop's first non-compilation release. This, of course, brings us to the quote, ultra loose grunge that destroys the morals of a generation. That, you know what I think? I think that instead of calling a style of music grunge, they should have said the whole thing. It should have been like, and today on MTV, we have... uh, uh, never, uh, never mind. Latest album from the latest ultra loose grunge that destroys the morals of a generation band, Nirvana. Every fucking time, say the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> oh, good lord. Well, right after the release of Dry as a Bone, <clears throat> the band went back into the studio to work on the full length album, Rehab Doll. But of course, band infighting started to take over. And this is where we start to kind of see the divide that would eventually lead to Mud Honey and Pearl Jam. A stylistic division developed with Ament and Gossard on one side, and then Mark Arm, he was on the other. Ament and Gossard, they wanted to pursue a major uh, label deal, while Arm, he wanted to remain independent. Did you ever run into those issues with the puppies, or was everybody like, yeah, we want to make it big? No, we wanted to make it big. We ran into issues of uh, musical musical style problems and stuff like that, and having different ideas of songs we wanted to do. It was a song done by, wasn't it? Yeah, but actually, that was one of them. Um, But like, but no, every band especially every band that makes smashing pumpkins i remember was a great example of it i've started watching a lot of their stuff they broke up because of egos and uh, musical direction and stuff like that yeah and uh going back to it the fighting came to a head and it's interesting when you hear about how most bands fans fightings come to a head one of two ways gloriously violently like screaming and fucking throwing chairs and 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 like public meltdowns or very quietly to the point where people just go oh did they break up and that's it that's the two ways that bands usually break up the fighting came like to how, a head following kind of like how Tom how Vex what? got the boot from uh, Bad Wolves where yeah, that he was going exactly like right. super conspiracy theory with a lot of his social media posts and everybody was always kind of wondering what was going to happen with that and then all of a sudden one day the Bad Wolves were like Tommy Vexed is no longer a member of Bad Wolves, yeah. and we're moving on. It is. It's the and, equivalent and of Shim like had watching. management re- like tell him he was. They were like, "You need to, you need to look into being the new." <laughs> you need to call Bad those guys. I was like, I didn't know that. How, no one that flew under the fucking radar. The fight, the fighting came to a head following an October 1987 show in Los Angeles. It happened at a show. Fuck yes! Apparently, Amit filled the show's guest list with major label reps instead of the band's friends. Only two of the reps actually showed up. Well, it's LA. What do you expect? No one shows up. Well, you'd be kind of pissed if somebody did that to you, right? I've no. You deal with it. I've had it happen. Hunt. Fucking. Do you have any idea how many times at the beginning of the band's career? And the end that we played to fucking no one. <laughs> like we just played to you pay, play to empty houses. You play to two people. You pay, play to your friends at a club in L.A. That's like the first 
year and a half of the band's career in the States back in the See, day. That's why like, when you were on your it. solo tour, you should have come back here and played My Wedding because you would have had a minimum of 150 people there. Yeah, you're right. I should Packed have thought ahead. Yep. <laughs> well, on October 31st, uh, 1987, Amen, Gossard, and Fairweather, they stated their decision to quit the band. However, the band members agreed to complete the work on Rehab Doll, and the album was eventually released in June of 1988. Did people think that Rehab Doll, did, did people back then think the band broke up because some people were on drugs, if they call the album Rehab Doll? That's what I thought. I, I, I could see how they could easily make that connection, yeah. But Bruce Pavitt, Pavit. Pavlova man of sub pop. I have been moving for four weeks. I'm a little bit tired. A little bit funny. Oh, sack um, up. Bruce, sack up, sack the fuck up. Bruce Pavit, you could say it a million ways of sub pop, said that when the band handed them the master tape for Rehab Doll, they also informed him that they were breaking up. What a great way to deliver a master record. Here's a worthless piece of shit. <laughs> also informed him they were breaking up. He assumed that Sub Pop would be out of business in a month. Wow. Yeah, that Fucking, came from, a, isn't it? That came from an actual quote from him in an interview where uh, he, he's talking about how they handed him the master copy and they were like, hey, by the way, we're breaking up. And he goes, I assume Sub Pop would have been out of business in a month. And because they broke up or it just happened to be going out of business. Anyway. I think it was just that they were struggling anyway. And then, of course, Green yeah. River was a big band that they had kind of put some money behind to support. Now they were breaking up and it's it feels like a lot of things didn't go Sub Pop's way at the time, uh, even yeah. as, as as the band started to really become something bigger. It was well, they would all jump ship from Sub Pop like Nirvana. You know, when, you know, they released Bleach, but by the time they were releasing Nevermind, they realized we need to get a bigger record label, and that's where we need mm. to go with this thing. So Sub Pop was there for the very beginning, but it almost felt like they were the minor leagues for a lot of these bands where they were saying, well, yeah, you know, that's yeah. cool that you helped us out with this demo or this original EP. Now that we have a following, we need to go to somebody bigger. Well, that's the thing. Like, you're, you, the way you just said it is exactly right. The minor leagues is the perfect analogy. The difference is that when people play in the minor leagues, everyone understands that it's a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows what the game is. <clears throat> so I can't imagine that if Sub Pop was doing a great job, if you went to Sub Pop and they were like, hey, we've got all these great opportunities and we're crushing all this stuff and here's a great tour that makes a million dollars, you wouldn't leave. You'd leave because shit ain't working. I hear so, that. And all, like, yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, see, that I did hear. I don't know if anybody yeah. else could, but I heard that. Because while I'm talking, the mic starts working. It's and yeah, that's how bad it is. I can hear it every time. It's been going on the whole time. It sounds like we're listening <laughs> to Jackal. Got a chainsaw in the yeah. background. Hundred um, percent. So hold on a second. Going back to after the breakup. Oh no, this is your one. Oh yeah. Yeah. So breakup. Arm and Turner began rehearsing and playing together again because remember Turner, he was only in Sorry. Green River for a few months. He ended up leaving because of the the heavy metal roots, I guess, for Green River. And then of course the group Mudhoney was formed in January of nineteen eighty eight and they quickly gained popularity in Seattle. And they were one of those front runners of the of the bands that it was you know, Nirvana or or Alice in Chains or somebody who would eventually make it big, they were opening up for uh, for Mudhoney. I mean, Mudhoney was that mm -hmm. band that because obviously with coming from Green River, they already had a following of that crowd. And then Mudhoney, Mudhoney in Seattle gained a, a pretty big one. But here's the big one. This one's all you, buddy. Okay. More James. 
More Jane's Addiction. The band was in LA, opening up for Jane's Addiction and Junkyard. Amit and Gossard were work were watching Jane's Addiction play and they loved it. However, Arm and Fairweather came up to Amit and kept talking about how lame they thought Jane's Addiction was. This was telling to both Amit and Gossard that the members of the band were clearly on different paths with different ideas about the direction. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's for some reason, it's like everything comes back to Jane's addiction here in the history of rock. And you know, it's like Jane's addiction broke rock and roll for a couple years. Kind of. I mean, well, yeah. you, okay. So Shim, Shim's talked about it before where it, it's not that he hates Jane's addiction. He just never quite understood mm-hmm. why they were so big. Um, and for myself, I don't even necessarily hate Jane's Addiction. I'll say it because I know that it really gets under some people's skin, and it's funny. But in general, it's not that I hate Jane's Addiction. The one performance I saw from them was fucking awful. I mean, honest to God, it was the worst I'd ever seen. But I'll still listen, you know, Ben Cott stealing, Mountain Song, Jane said. Like, they have really, really good songs that I will still listen to. And we're gonna have to go. I, I think from Green River, we're, we're gonna, gonna jump to Mud Honey, and then I think we have we, we have to cover. Is it um, Ritual De Lo Habitual? Is that how, is sure. that the fucking Probably. album? I have yeah. never fucking paid attention to anything they've done. I've listened to three songs on MTV when they would pass by on the playlists and gone. I don't like that band. Oh my god! And I then cannot- not. Wait, I want you to do a song in the style of Ben Cott Stealing. <laughs> like you know that you know, Ben Cott Stealing. Yeah. When I was uh, five. Yeah. I'm going to write some. Uh, you know what? I will write some lyrics for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll write it on the show. I'll write it live on the show. No, you write no, lyrics. You'll record I'll, it. I'll write it. I'll write it. And then you can record it. And it's going to be all about Jane's addiction and how much of a dick Perry Farrell is. That's another reason I have such a problem with wow. Jane's addiction. You heard, is, you heard it here first. No one's ever said that before. Uh, yeah. It's every story that I have. So. Of course, if you go back to you know Rockstar 101, you'll know that that you know there's certain rock stars that I have not had the best run-ins with, and I always give everybody usually yeah. Shim was the first. Shim was such a piece of shit. This guy first. right here. No, Shim was uh, Shim was amazingly nice the first time I met him, and, and that was uh, everything nice. going wrong that morning. Remember, like you were super late because something got delayed, and there was all kinds of shit going on. And was it for my solo thing or for the puppies? It was solo. For the solo thing, it was solo, and yeah. I think it was about six months before that the puppies had come in with the new lead singer. Whoops! I got to meet your ex before I even met you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> but I generally give people one chance and it not no i'm sorry not one chance you, you have a bad day one one benefit of the doubt yeah 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 everybody has a bad day everybody has just something else is going on maybe there's something in the back of the brain and they're just they're in a shitty mood and they don't want to do something that's fine i have no problems with that especially if me being the radio person and i'm interviewing somebody and i know that they're getting asked the exact same fucking questions from almost all of these people every single time it's just it's i get it it's fine. You know but what my favorite one is? Getting to a radio show first thing in the morning, tired, whatever, like, and still being like, hey, man, thanks for having us. Really happy to be here. We just drove 12 hours. We've eaten a microwave meal. Fucking this is great. And you still, and it is. It's like, it's still better than working a day job. But you're fucking tired. Yeah. And you're like, man, we believe in what we're doing and we're fucking living it and we're pushing it and like blood, sweat and tears. And you walk in and they're like, so we're here with, uh, uh, Sick puppy, sick puppies. 
Okay. Yeah, uh, like they haven't even puppies. done their fucking yeah. research. Yeah, and he's like, so um, I uh, I got to be honest. I had one guy that literally was like, I got to be honest. I didn't actually know we were doing an interview today. Uh, how was about that, hold, you tell me? Wait a minute. Was was that Buzz? I don't think so. Because and if, that I, if it was, I wouldn't say. That legitimately has happened when I was on the morning show. But where... does he come up and actually say, like, I didn't know we were doing oh, an interview? No, 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 no. He's no. not that stupid. No, that's my point. Like, I've had guys literally say, how about you tell me about your band like literally like just start talking about yourselves why don't you tell me tell me what what's your name tell me they didn't even say tell me about how you started tell me what you're in town doing they just said why don't you tell me about like literally like i don't need to be here just and i'm like i could have yeah and I, and that was that's the only time when you'll see me get kind of pissy or if that don't get me wrong there's been a handful of times on an interview or a backstage or at a, at a meet and greet where exactly what you said sometimes it's just the wrong fucking day you get never being sick you had a fucking fight with the band or whatever it is um but most of the time i was pretty good i was very conscious not to fuck it up but when you'd walk in and you'd be like dude we've done our job do your fucking job just read a one pager someone has yeah. a one pager somewhere for you because you're the fucking dj do your fucking and then when they wouldn't i would just passive aggressively rail them for the whole fucking interview all right, like so just enough where they couldn't say get out, but I'd be like, here, I'm going to promote my stuff and make you look like a fool. A fool! A fool, man. <laughs> so, so, okay, so we're going to put a pin in this, but you need to do a song about walking into a radio station with a DJ who has not done the research at all. Like, we're going to do that all here right. in like five seconds. Because okay. the end of the story is that, you know, again, give everybody the benefit of the doubt like once. Um, one, yeah. of the, one of the guys that um, I think I had very few run-ins with but I've known countless people who have with Perry Farrell, and it's like, he's a jackass. He's a dick. Like He legitimately, at one point, they were touring. And you got to give the guy credit, though, because Jane's Addiction, obviously a big band. And then also, he created Lollapalooza. Like, that was his thing. So he's obviously pretty you know, smart creatively. He's just a fucking asshole to people. Right. And I had one of my friends, we were in college for radio at the time, and as he was getting ready to go interview... Uh, Perry Farrell on Perry Farrell's bus at Lollapalooza like 2002 or 2003 or something like that they would for some reason he wouldn't come out of the out of the bus and they wouldn't let him <clears> on the bus and all of a sudden you just kind of hear this thump 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 of somebody stomping their way up the bus and, they, and he's like and Perry Farrell pokes his head out and he goes who is it and they were like well they're from the local radio station radio fuck those guys and he fucking storms off he goes and he's like i don't need to fucking do, deal with this shit and like under his breath just being a complete fucking asshole wow that's good and so that for me that's like that's not a bad day that's you're just a dick and yeah. sorry i mean if i ever meet him i'm gonna be like hey how it's you know it's a pleasure to meet you i'm gonna be nice because but it's not a pleasure to meet you well <laughs> you could just say no hi. it'll be a pleasure to meet him in that moment so that if he's a dick i got a story to tell about it later yeah. Well, you know, the truth is I've actually, I've actually, I'm not going to say the names, but I've met, I mean, I've met most of these guys and I've met a couple of guys that are dicks and then they'll be really nice to me. Nikki six backstage. What? What? <laughs> that's another and one. I'm sorry. That's another one. He's just been an asshole. No, but literally like there was one guy that told me that he, he started being a dick. He started being less considerate. Because he heard the story about Bill Murray and the French Fry. Have you heard the story about Bill Murray and the French Fry? No, but are you going to tell me who this is? 
No, I'm not going to tell you who it is because because they're a nice guy. It's just a fun fact. I'm not oh. going to go on. And, and, and it was a private conversation. It was was something oh. where he was like, don't ever don't ever tell anyone this. But this is what I do. Oh. So, no, I'm not going to say his name. Um, but the story with uh, Bill Murray is that he walks apparently. I don't know if it's true, but he'll walk into a restaurant and or he, when he's walking out of a restaurant or whatever, he'll just pick up a French fry off another person's random plate at a different table on the way out. He'll just pick up a French fry, stand there in front of him and eat it. Yeah. I've heard that. And finish it and then and then just look at him and say no one will believe you and walk out yeah and it's a dick move it's a dick move if anyone else did it but he but bill bill murray is clearly going like i'm giving you a story you're yeah. welcome and so this guy was like i could be nice all the time but when i don't feel like it i don't give a fuck because they'll have a story they just want a story they've already heard the songs they've already seen the show they'd much rather have a story than just like, oh, nice to meet you. That's very lovely, blah, blah, blah. He was nice. No, they'd rather have a story to tell at the fucking barbecue. So he so he was like, it keeps me in their mind longer when I'm a dick half the time. I'm not a dick all the time. But then there's these people that go, well, I met him and he was nice. Well, I met him and he was a dick. Well, I saw him and he was awesome. Well, I saw him and he was drunk and fucked shit up. So then it gives them conversation pieces and it keeps you in the conversation longer. And I looked at him and I was like, that's actually really smart. If I was happy to be perceived as a dick, for no fucking reason, I would do the same thing. But I don't want to be a dick for no reason. Nikki I'll be Six. a dick for a good reason. It's Nikki Six. It's not Nikki Six. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you're going to tell Six. me. When we're done recording, you're going to tell me. And then I'm going to find a way. Yeah, I'll to, tell you. I'll find a way I'll to incorporate you, it in the no, podcast. I, yeah, but you got to understand. If someone, says, if someone says, don't mention this, it's pri- it's a, you, you, you don't mention it. That, that's why they clearly have the thing called NDAs and like, yeah, hey, yeah, I knew yeah, a guy yeah. once, but you don't mind saying. Oh, you'll tell um, me and then everybody else out there, you'll know that I know and then I won't tell you. Yeah, so 100%. anyway, we got to get back to Green River here. Right. So of course, Jane's addiction. Um, yeah, your brand. Yeah, your so, brand. So yeah, so they, you know, they went on their different paths. You know, we found out the Jane's addiction thing. So of course, we know what happened. Amit, Gossard, and Fairweather. They went on to form Mother Love Bone with Andrew Wood, which then led Amit and Gossard forming Pearl Jam after Wood's untimely death on March nineteenth, nineteen ninety, just three months before the band's debut album was released. Mm. Now we do have. Uh, I also have some interesting sort of Green River reunions that have happened. So there was a Pearl Jam show November 30th, 1993 in Vegas where Arm, Turner, Gossard, and Ament, they performed a couple of songs up on stage. Now, there was a gentleman that joined them on drums because um, Vincent wasn't able to make it there. So Chuck Treese filled in on drums for the band for these songs. Um, Treese, the, this guy, like I was looking into it and I was like, so, you know, why do we care about this guy? Well, he became famous in 1984 because he was the first African-American skateboarder to be featured on the cover of Thrasher magazine. Oh, so he jumped from that. Then he was, you know, filling in on drums for a little Green River reunion nine years later. Uh, they also That's reunited amazing. in 2008. The lineup was Ament, Arm, Turner, Vincent Gossard and Fairweather. And they toured a kind of a couple of different areas um, in the Northwest. They did a warm up show. At Sunset Tavern in Seattle, they also played the uh, Mary Moore Park near Seattle to honor Sub Pop's 20th anniversary. And then they played a show November 28th, 2008 at Dante's in Portland. And I am very, very familiar with Dante's in Portland. Now, if you've ever seen the sign that says, Keep Portland Weird, yeah. that's painted on the side of a building, that's the back of Dante's. Right. And so I think I've played there. I think I played there a few times. That's yeah, possible. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Dante's was, it was always sort of that alternative bar um, where it's, it's, gr- you know, it's grimy. It's kind of a grimy. Well, it's a rock bar, bar right? man. It's where they would yeah. have, you know, it, it's where they would have, you know, very particular kind of shows. And uh, my buddy and I, uh, Big Mike, rest in peace, by the way, 
uh, we would go eh, about two, you know, we were 21, 22, 23 years old. And when the group of guys would go downtown, they would all want to go to the clubs where you had to have square toed shoes and a fucking turtleneck. Mike and I weren't about that scene. We didn't want to go listen to dance music and, and like act like, you know, douchebags. So we would go and dress up like we would want to in our jeans and our T-shirts, and we would go hang out at Dante's. And I'm telling you right now, I've been there a couple of times uh, and they where they pour a fucking mean-ass rum and coke. Where I mean it's glug, 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 there's your coke. And I was like, this is amazing. And it's also the place where I was there on my 21st birthday for a St. Patrick's Day broadcast. And my boss, I was an intern at the time, my boss... He dressed up as a leprechaun for the day, and we were just going around town with him getting drunk as a leprechaun. And let's just say the broadcast ended with us back in the studio, um, and he puked his guts out. Like it sounds like one of the Rockstar One Hundred and One episodes that we did live at your studio. studio. Yep. Yeah. 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 All over the studio. And then, uh, of course, there was another show that they did uh, for Green River Reunion, um, where they uh, celebrated the Super Suckers' twentieth anniversary, actually. So there's more than a few different little reunions that they have done there. And They've done quite a few, actually. I think this is the most reunions that we've had on the show so far. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we can go over the three songs, if you would like. I figured no. what I would do. <laughs> no, you go ahead and take that one. Well, I kind of like what we did with Alice in Chains. Um, I, and I, I didn't even, it didn't click to check the results of the poll that we put up, because we can put the polls there. So if you're on Spotify, and if you're, if you're listening on Apple or Google, unfortunately, you're not getting the full history of rock experience here because you're not able to see it we have video i believe apple and google don't have the video spotify does so as i'm going like this to get your attention like shim likes to do we can do this and you're getting that on spotify you can also get it over like, on kevin, like a kevin hot sketch i'm gonna tell you this thing yeah like thing and put my hand up like that every time i talk yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so um and on spotify i can put a poll up and i'll pick you know the top four or five songs you know from green river like whichever Dude, ones check are the top this out. On one second one yeah. second i have to interrupt listen to this you hearing that it sounds like you a hearing that that's the thing outside it just keeps getting it worse chipper? the whole it's it's the wood chipper it went from sounding like a wood chipper to sounding like the the delorean mixed with the fucking millennium falcon just <laughs> Actually, that sounds like Chewy, so. Yeah. There you go. All right, so yeah, we'll do a poll for uh, for this episode for Green River, and we'll put up the, the you know the songs there, and you guys can go ahead and vote on which ones that you want in there. But we're going to do continued education. We can talk about, you know, it's really any Pearl Jam or Mud Honey documentary. And before we get to um, on this date, we need to go back, because you never did your song that I told you yeah, to I do about, to about showing up to a radio yeah. station with a DJ that has clearly done no work. And feel free to use Buzz's name if you would like. No, I'm looking at you. I've got no problem with Buzz, man. Buzz never did anything to me. I don't have any problems with it anymore. I went and had lunch like with this. the guy oh. not too long ago. I mean, if you can hear it. Okay, so if you can hear it. Yeah. Isn't that nice? You put a wood chipper right outside. Even though I traveled 12 hours to come and see. It's been a long move, I've been moving for three weeks I don't have anything else that I can think of Nothing's gonna rhyme, nothing's gonna be good There's nothing going on, but thanks for doing your research No, I can't think of fucking anything, dude I'm blank out, I'm blank out Sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm not That wood chipper, I have been so patient 
I have been so I You have no fucking idea. This is the thing that pisses me off, man. This is the thing that fucking pisses me off. There's a wood chipper outside for the whole podcast. The whole podcast. And if you get into a radio station and the motherfucker hasn't done his research, then when you start to sing your songs, you're not paying attention. And that's what happens. You do shit work. That was shit. I know when I suck. That was shit. Everyone, and that's, and it's like, dude, do you not realize that having these levels of just, ah, oh. see, and this is, and then, then I'm live on the radio and I have to choke this shit down so that I don't act like a dick so that he has his 50% of a story to be like, I remember when Jim came in, he was an asshole. You're the asshole. You're the asshole. Do your fucking job so I can pay attention to what I have to do. I do my job. You do your job. Why am I doing two men's jobs lifting twice as much? To come up with that. And this, why did the song suck? Why did that song not, didn't rhyme? Didn't follow the theme that Brandon asked for? There's still, listen to this fucking wood chipper, still going. Okay? And you expect people to show up to the radio station and just piss diamonds and fucking crap thunder at six o'clock in the morning. Wouldn't that hurt? How about, huh? Pissing diamonds? Wouldn't that hurt? Just doing amazing things. Oh. It's a metaphor, Brandon. It's an artistic metaphor for doing amazing things at six o'clock in the morning. Pissing Dude, diamonds? if I pissed diamonds, you'd pick it up. I mean, I... You'd pick that shit up. I'd put a rubber glove on first. You'd bet, but you'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, Shim is having a rough... So, by the way, that's what a professional does. If I suck at the song, I'll give you a piece of entertainment afterwards in the form of a rant, because God knows I'm not going to let that shit keep hanging on a podcast. We used to anyway, get over to you, Brandon. So, although, so before we get to the on this date, we used to have to deal with that. I think it was every Friday, the uh, the yard crew would show up outside the radio station, and they would always choose the bushes right outside the goddamn studio. So we're on the air, and Buzz is talking about something in the news, or we're talking about you know just we're, we're conversing in here, yeah, right outside the goddamn window, yeah, and we and would tell to, them. Would- yeah, I, mean, like, I think like, honestly the best thing to do is just address it because otherwise it fucks with you. No, people we did. Go, hey man, how come your how come your show sucked? Because there was a wood chipper outside. Oh, I didn't know. So just tell them. No, we did, and we would also we talked to the GM where we were like, hey, so can they work on other bushes? You know, for that nine from nine thirty to ten o'clock when we're on the air. I mean, there's a whole plot of land here they yeah. can work on. They don't need to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So on this date, June twenty second, nineteen eighty eight. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was released. Yes. And I believe I asked you in the last episode if the movie made it big down in Australia, and you were like, hell yes, oh, Who Framed yes. Roger Rabbit. No, that was a monster. That was like one of the biggest movies of the year. So the thing that Shim and I have talked about in regards to Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the one scene that really sticks out. It's when Judge Doom is walking around and he's going, it's a shave and a haircut. Two bits because a cartoon. <laughs> exactly, because a cartoon can't resist. Yeah. I found out recently from my wife that mm-hmm. in Spanish, what they say is chinga tu madre, cabron. Which what translates translate to, to go fuck your mom, asshole. <gasps> When she oh, was a kid, so her and her sisters would knock it like the da 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 da, and her mom would be yelling, "You better not finish that!" Oh. 
So clearly these are two complete opposite sides of the spectrum when we're talking about how this one's like a cartoon thing, a shave and a haircut, and then in Spanish it's go fuck your mom, asshole. <laughs> that, That's I'm so glad that I know that. Aren't you glad that you know that person watching the history of rock at this moment? Aren't you glad? You're a better person now. You're a better person. I'm telling Thank you, be you, Brandon. Being married to a Mexican woman who was born in Mexico, I don't think I could have ever asked for anything more. I mean, my wife yeah. is amazing as it is, but I learned so much cool stuff on a daily basis from her just because, it, yeah. you know, it's a completely different perspective. You know, yeah. she was born in Mexico. Well, it's also, she moved here it's when not she just was a six. Yeah. You know, it's not just a different perspective. It is a totally different message to say, yeah. go fuck your mom, asshole. <laughs> Shaving a haircut, two bits. Could you imagine if that was what it was? We have to make a meme that's just dunk, 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 and Roger Rabbit comes out, asshole! Or that could be a new t-shirt. It could be on yeah. one side. On one side, it says a shave and haircut, two bits, and then on the back, it says, chinga tu madre, cabrón. Yeah, and then we've got to do the translation, though. Go fuck him. Oh, come on. Yeah. I think oh, we have that should be let us know in the comment section if that's a t-shirt if, if that, that's a t-shirt you guys would buy let us know because yeah I did I put that. in the second part of Allison Chains I don't think I mentioned this in in uh, the previous episode but there was a little hint or a little secret in there a little Easter egg for you guys because for some reason the episode stopped recording and we needed you know there's a little gap right there it's about six minutes into the episode and I typed this whole text out it takes up the entire screen and it's basically saying you know, it, for some reason it stopped recording, but the reason I am writing this is to see if you were willing to pause it. If you were willing to pause it, congratulations. Here's your prize. If you're the first person to message me on Instagram, quote, shim broke it, then you get yourself a T-shirt. You get your choice of a history of rock or cross-eyed bear T-shirt. And somebody did. So just be patient. I love how many people, I love, by the way, to all of our beautiful fans and listeners, I love how many people typed in and said, I heard cross-eyed bear for years. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like that's not it's not abnormal. I found out so many people were with me where they legitimately thought that Alanis yeah. Morissette was. I thought about, you were crazy. I thought you were so full of it and you were alone in this world. And it turns out I'm the sucker. Yeah. There's a lot of us out there that were completely confused about a goddamn cross-eyed bear. But the merchandise is coming. You're going to be able to order it through VivaLamoca.com. They're the ones that are doing the t-shirt. Charlie's the artist. He's the one that does all the amazing artwork. Really from great. This From this overlay here on the video, the uh, History of Rock podcast, to my Brandalorian logo, to the cross-eyed bear, to everything. He's done such a fantastic job. The merchandise is going to be over there. We've got t-shirts of each. Uh, there's going to be three different t-shirts. There's a Brandalorian t-shirt. There's a History of Rock t-shirt, just a standard one with a logo. It says Classes in Session underneath it. And then there's a Cross-Eyed Bear shirt as well. And each one also has its own sticker. So be paying attention because we might put little Easter eggs in, you know, here and there. And you mm. might be able to win something. So I'm just saying we're going to throw that out there for you. But we got to hurry up and wrap I, up this episode. Go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Go, 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 go. No, no, no. I was, I, I, is it on me now? Am I no, up? just go. Oh, I'm going to read some. No, just what were you going to say? I was going to, shit. Now. I was just going to say that the best bit about the cross-eyed bear is that it's one thing if you're like, but they are the most polarizing concept in the world. She wrote this song that was the deepest, most heartbreaking, and the concept of the cross-eyed bear, there's nothing more dramatic. There is not really much of a better metaphor for pain and anguish. And then to have most people misunderstand it as a little yeah. bear. That's the funniest fucking thing about it. Anyway, there you go. But now we've got a t-shirt for it. So go yeah. ahead. 
Yeah, so we're going to have that stuff available over at VivaLamoca.com. Now, of course, we're getting into uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I have some interesting facts about this. And some people who were originally up for kind of the two main roles, as you had Eddie Valiant, uh, Valiant, and then you also had Judge Doom. Now, Harrison Ford, he was considered for the role of Eddie Valiant, but his price was too high. Of course, this would have been after all the Star Wars run into some of the uh, um, Indiana Jones. Chevy Chase was the second choice. He was not interested in the role. Bill, wow. Go ahead, I'm reading ahead of you. Bill Bill Murray Murray was considered for the role. Bill, I was about to say, I can't imagine either of those guys in the role, but Bill Murray would have been very interesting. Eddie Murphy reportedly turned down the role of Eddie Valiant as well. And then others that Eddie Murphy would have done it. He couldn't have done a good job. And then others that were considered, but this is at the height of Eddie Murphy. I think he actually probably would. No, no, I'm talking about Roger Rabbit's already fucking awesome, crazy, kooky, weird, funny. You have someone who's known for the same type. That's what you're saying. Yeah, you need the straight guy. Exactly. Well, so the uh, some others that were considered for the role of Eddie Valiant: Robin Williams, Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson, Sylvester Stallone, Ed Harris, and Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. So eventually, Bob Haskins, he was chosen as Valiant because he not only is a great actor, but they said that he also looked like he belonged in the era the movie was taking place, which was 1947 Hollywood. And they kind of hit that the a compliment? On the head. Is that a compliment? I think so. He's a, cl- he's a yeah. classic actor. He's yeah. got a classy vibe, yeah. And then when we're talking about <laughs> Judge Doom, Tim Curry auditioned for the role, but the producers found him too terrifying. That's fantastic. So that scene at the end of Who Framed Roger Rabbit when he's like, do you remember me, Eddie? And his eyes start popping out and he's becoming the tune. That's not terrifying enough. How goddamn terrifying was Tim Curry? But could you imagine Tim Curry doing that? He would have crushed that. He He would have been amazing. Christopher Lee was considered uh, for the role, but he turned it down. Which one's Christopher Lee again? Christopher Christopher Lee, Lee? um, he's in Lord of the Rings. He was in um, uh, Star Wars, the, uh, the prequels as well. You'd know Christopher Lee if you saw, if you saw okay. his face. Uh, John Cleese, he, uh, he thought about the role, but he would quote, wasn't scary enough for the role of Judge Doom. And yeah, then eventually probably. Christopher Lloyd, he was chosen because of his previous work with director Robert Zemeckis yeah. and Steven Spielberg on Back to the Future. Now, here's what you need to do. is You need to go back and re-watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit because... It said it's said that he avoided blinking his eyes while on camera to perfectly portray the character. So now, because I don't know if my kid has seen it or not. I think she has, but I think she was really little when we watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I don't think she remembers it. And if you want to talk, like, you know, Doctor Strange just released not that long ago in the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, if you want to talk about the original multiverse, it was really good. Uh, yeah. If you want to talk about the original multiverse... Think about Bugs Bunny and goddamn Mickey Mouse in the same universe at one time. That was huge. That was absolutely huge. To get all of those cartoons together in one movie was fucking epic. Yeah. I get excited. I remember. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Well, that's it. That's what we have for this week. And we are over time. So we do have to wrap it up. So but, coming um, up, we're going to get get to the poll. Uh, We'll we'll put some Green River songs. You guys can vote on which three are going to make it into... uh, uh, into the playlist over on Spotify. It's getting to the point now with Allison Chains and Green River back to back. Shim is never going to listen to this playlist. 
in any way, shape, no, or form I'm, because he just hates this goddamn music. The playlist doesn't exist for my personal enjoyment. It's a historical factual <laughs> database. Well, so we're going to get to that. So uh, be sure to look below. If you're here on Spotify, again, if you're here on Apple or Google, go over to Spotify. Go down below, and there's going to be a poll down there for you guys. And then we're going to get to Mud Honey next. We're going to cover Mud Honey kind of like we did with Green River, where it's going to be about the band, not necessarily one specific album. But then after that, we're definitely diving into Jane's Addiction. And to you out there on YouTube, he keeps telling me that we need to cover Thin Lizzy. We will get there. We're we'll still there. in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. we got to keep everything sort of... You know, in a similar spot here, but we will get to Thin Lizzy. This, the history of rock isn't going to end. We're going to keep going forever yeah. and ever and ever with this damn thing. There's plenty of rock within the history. Yes, so, so Thin we'll Lizzy yeah. will definitely will definitely get covered at some point. But on that note, we appreciate everybody for being here. Again, the merchandise is coming soon. Head to vivalamoca.com. You'll see a section on the top of their page. It actually just says the real Brandalorian up top. You click that link, and that will take you to all of the merchandise that I'm going to have from the Brandalorian logo to the History of Rock to the Cross-Eyed Bear. If you purchase these shirts, we can order more shirts. Like, Shim and I aren't going to be making money on this stuff. Essentially, what we're doing is anything that we do make is going to go to more merchandise. At least that's my plan, because I want there to be merchandise, and I like it. Yeah, Eventually, we'll be millionaires with this shit, just not right now. <laughs> but on that and, note, let's uh, wrap this up. And on that note, his name is Brandon. He's the DJ. His name is Shim. He's the rock star. Class uh, dismissed. <gasps> Oh, fuck, I hear that. They just moved to the tree right outside the window. They're like <laughs> 10 feet from me, dude. I can't believe my fucking luck. It was one thing. I thought they'd be like, hey, they're, they're across the street. They've been coming closer. Every 20 minutes, they move closer to my fucking house, and they just bumped into the side of the house. Oh, my God. I'm 20 seconds ago, this, I felt the, the bump. So at this huh? point, That's at this fine. point, hold on. At this point of the podcast, yeah. it's just the logo, I'm, and I'm wondering if anybody is sticking around and they're and they're still continuing to listen to us complain because I that that sounded like you it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre outside. Dude, the they're outside the fucking window. Like the only reason I can't see them is because I closed the blinds for the podcast. But when I open it, I'm expecting to see two random fucking dudes. Like, oh, someone's home. Fuck <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Right. Can you hear them fucking talking? I got to go to the next call. But go to your call. No, All right, I love you, man. I'll go talk to you call. soon. All right, buddy. Bye, All everybody. Right, talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>